hey, you are wildly capable of great things. So take a deep breath, let it out. You've got this. I want to tell you guys today about Brandlink Media, a female-owned digital agency with years of experience working with businesses in Oklahoma and beyond on their branding, web design, email marketing, copywriting, and more. Remember, you are wildly capable of great things and Brandlink Media is cheering you on. Visit www.brandlinkmedia.com to schedule a free consultation. Link in our show notes. It is my pleasure to introduce Tierra Flag Lander, who is the Assistant Vice President for the Division of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the University of Oklahoma Norman Campus. Tierra, tell us about a few defining moments of your life. Oh, wow. Um, so I'd say a few defining moments um, would be, I don't know if, I have, if it's a specific moment, but I um, am a military brat or a military kid. And so that has really, and we moved to Turkey when I was in middle school in sixth grade. And so that entire experience really shifted and shaped the way that I think about the world, the way that I understand the world, um, who, how I'm able to make friends, um, what I see as values, right? And I, I've, uh, you know, in a career that I've chosen, I really value people. And so I think that that's really um, shifted and impacted the way that I just see and understand the world. I think I'm going to college. So just as a uh, receiving, I have a doctorate, but receiving a bachelor's degree just the stepping stone and going to college as a first generation college student and then getting there and looking around and saying, oh my gosh, there are other people here that work here full time, right? That aren't just professors, um, you know, that you can have a career. This is a career field. <laughs> so uh, really learning that that was an opportunity and an option for me. Um, and I, I guess becoming, I guess a defining moment would be also becoming a mom um, that also like really awakened the way that I understand just like time, you know, time became really precious once I had children and I realized like this is a non-renewable um, resource and I really need to make the most of the time that I have on this earth, the time that I have with my children, with my husband, you know, all of that um, really makes a difference. So that's not like, they're not like moments, but they're big aspects of my life that have really shifted and shaped the way that I am and the way that I think today. Wow, that is so interesting growing up in Turkey. That's just, you know, totally different. So if you don't mind, talk about that a little bit. Did you go to international school or American school there? And what was it like growing up abroad? Yeah, those are great questions. So we um, we were there. We were only there for two years, but we went to a Department of Defense school, so a Dodd school, an American school. Um, the majority, well, almost about half of the students were American students. And the other half of the students were from a variety of different countries. And so it was a K through 12 school, um, George Marshall uh, school. I don't even know if it was, I don't think it was called elementary or high school because it was all K through 12. Um, and so at that time I was in the sixth grade. And so I had my classmates, it was about 18 of us in the class. And so about nine of us were Americans and the nine were from Spain, um, Greece, Azerbaijan, Malaysia, um, if any students were Turkish, they were Turkish and American. 
Um, and everyone spoke English. We did have, I had like Turkish class, right? I had a, one of my teachers who um, taught us Turkish, but we also had English. We had, you know, we had all of the regular or general topics that you would think of. Um, and so one of the really cool things, and my mom also worked at our school, so that was like a perk. Um, but I have two brothers. And so my younger brother was um, in elementary school. My big brother was in high school. So we got to see the fullness of the, of the school. And then we also uh did played sports and stuff on the weekends and it was just a really it was a really great experience my dad ended up being the basketball like an assistant basketball coach we were as involved as we possibly could be um we were really involved and and got the opportunity to like go to the um because we lived in Ankara Turkey which is the capital so the embassy the United States embassy was there as well so we went uh to the embassy and there were different events there and we learned all about the culture and um, and one of the cool things too is that we didn't live there was no base there military installation there so we lived on the economy so in our apartment building was all American families but like right next door was an apartment building of Turkish families or you know another country um, at the time it was very very safe uh, like I would take cabs with my friends you know it was like a twelve year old um, to go to the movies or go to dinner or whatever. And so it was really something that my parents felt really comfortable doing. And I felt comfortable as a kid um, navigating that. And yeah, it was, I mean, it's probably one of the experiences that I always talk about because a lot of people, it's not a very uh, frequently traveled place. Um, and uh, it has definitely shifted uh, uh, politically and whatnot since we've left. But, you know, I still have friends today that are from Israel or from um, Greece or, uh, from, where's Connor from, from Thailand that, you know, I keep in contact with that are on, like we're, we're in a Facebook group and we, you know, post pictures and, you know, several of us have become parents. And, um, so it's really nice to see And some, some, uh, one of our friends, Susanna actually is traveling the world again, like that's a part of her career. Right. And so it's really interesting to see where we've all ended up and, and what, where life has taken us. But, um, yeah, that was probably one of the most dynamic experiences of my life. And so, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, it was really great. That is so cool that you guys keep in touch. And it's so lucky to grow up in a place that you felt that safe, because I feel like there's a lot of cities in America where a 12-year-old wouldn't be hopping into a cab by themselves safely. So yeah. that's amazing. Um, I'm really interesting how it's evolved. Um, so... Talk to me about, like, do you see, you know, your time abroad and, like, in an international community like that, like, playing a role in your work today in diversity and inclusion? Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Sorry. <laughs> yes. No. Yes, definitely, right? Um, I, you know, well, one the thing that I didn't mention, so Turkey is also a predominantly Muslim country. Um, there is a separation of church and state, so uh, women aren't required to, or, and you do see women in hijabs, but you don't, um, it's it's you also see women in pantsuits right so it's very fluid in that way um and so one of the cool things is that i really got to know a lot about culture right and so one of my friends um in turkey bar she uh, she's from israel and she we got into an argument about which country was the best right and she's like well i think the united states is like a close second to israel and i was like yeah whatever you know like no one <laughs> believes that and, and, and what it really taught me was like, of course, she has pride in her country, just like I have pride in my country. Right. And so it really it really helped me to understand, like, 
my normal is different from someone else's normal. And so when I started to look at um, places like even where to go to college and things like that, I really wanted to be around a global community, around a diverse community, because, you know, we literally, you know, we looked around and everyone was every shade various religions we all respected each other we had great conversations we learned so much right and we're talking about children and so when I think about what did I want to do as a career I really wanted to be able to foster that same type of energy that same type of community really get to know people um, and help others get to know folks that are that are different from them and recognize that um, it's different is different but it's not less right like how do we embrace that and, and really think about diversity in multiple ways, right? Not just uh, race or gender um, or religion, but you know, think about there's diversity of thought. There is diversity in how we grew up, right? Um, I talk about my brothers and I having the same parents, having a very similar upbringing. But we're different people, right? We bring diversity to space automatically, and so. Um, and then, what does it look like to uh, to be inclusive when it comes to um, you know, really making sure that folks feel welcome into a space, that they feel like they're being validated, that their voice is being heard. Um, and then the equity piece is aligning the policy with that. So I think we've seen a lot of diversity and inclusion, which is amazing, but then how do we take it just a step further with equity and make sure that our policy aligns with the diversity and inclusion that we want to bring to the table? And so, yes, 100%, I think it, it's definitely... Um, one of the reasons why I went into diversity, equity, and inclusion before it was even really, you know, I tell people, I'm like, when I was an undergrad, we were saying uh, my multicultural. That was like the buzz <laughs> word. And we're so far away from that, yes. right? You know, like language evolves. And so um, and so it's really, it's really neat to see how this profession has really blossomed. Um, and I, I, you know, I look forward to seeing like, okay, where are we going to be in another 10, 15 years as well? It is. It's transforming so quickly. Um, and I'm sure that that gets exhausting to a certain extent. You're probably having to, you know, stay on top of the language and how to then turn that around and teach it to someone else and put it into practice. So tell us about where you go for inspiration and to kind of refill your cup when you're feeling emotionally taxed from everything you're doing. Yes. Oh my gosh. So yeah, self-care. I have, I think I'd like to say I've always been a big, uh, practicer, practice practitioner of, uh, of self-care even before it was like a buzz. Um, but I am a, I am an avid reader. I love reading. I'm into audiobooks at this point. Um, I have a little bit of a commute and so it's easier for me to, you know, listen to a book on the drive-in versus, um, um, or a podcast. It's, it's either, it's one or the other. Um, and so I really listen to a lot of books. I try to have a consistent routine, like a daily a morning routine that involves like working out and moving my body. And then also a nighttime routine, like with tea. And I, um, and I also, I've gotten into adult coloring. So I have like a couple of coloring books um, and it just helps me to clear my mind and just color, right? And I can do, you know, I can color and listen to my book and it's just like, heaven for me. I just love it so much. Um, it sounds so, so fun. Uh, yeah. And so it's just a good, it's just a nice time for me to, um, uh, to unwind, right. And not feel like I'm, I'm, my brain is constantly on because you're right. It's very, it can be taxing. Um, it can sometimes feel, uh, personal, right. Um, yeah. 
And so like having to remind myself, like one, it's not personal, it's business, but also, um, you know, I have to take care of myself. Right. I'm also, you know, if, even if I wasn't in this profession, I'm a, a mom. And so parents of the world, <laughs> like, you know, you have to find ways to take a break and to really uh, fill up your cup so that you can continue to give mm-hmm. um, and support and love on and, you know, all of that. And so I think for me, self-care is really like self-love so that I can um, give even more to my husband and my, and my boys. That makes total sense. And yeah, I think it's so interesting how as children, you know, art was already always part of our lives, whether we're like good at it or not, you had to take the art class and paint and do those things. And I think there's something so healthy about doing that as an adult, too. That's really cool. I'm definitely gonna have to check those out because I love art and being creative, but it's part of my job. So um, I feel like that'd be something that'd be great to kind of unwind. Um Tell us also, you know, about any bigger goals or projects that, you know, you're hoping to achieve, like it can be on into the future, it can be personal, professional, um, but what, what do you see when you look into your future? Oh, gosh, that's a loaded question. Um, you know, I think it changes all the time. Um, I definitely, you know, want to save the world, right? Like, that's one of the pieces of this profession I'd love to see or be a contributor to um, paid parental leave six weeks or greater in the state of Oklahoma across the United States but I think it'll be more of a challenge in the state of Oklahoma that's a less um, financial economically stable um, or economically thriving that's what I'll say I'll say stable um, state um, I'd love to to support that effort in whatever way possible um, I'd love to see a transition policy um, implemented on the state and even federal level that supports our trans and non-binary community. Um, and that helps them to transition, but also provides resources and education for colleagues. And how do you support someone that's transitioning? What questions do you ask? What questions do you not ask? You know, things like that. Um, uh, I'd love... <laughs> I'd love to figure out how do we um, mitigate, eliminate the school to prison pipeline. Um, I have two boys that are black. And so it's something that I'm concerned about all the time because I know, I know the research, I know the data, and I know how much they're affected, right? And I know how much our black and brown children are disproportionately expelled or suspended um, from schools and how important education is, right? And so, um, and so I, those are the things that I, you know, I'm not saying that I need to do them, but I do see them as large um, ways that we begin to shift our world for a better um, and that we be able to contribute and make sure that folks are educated on things. You know, I'm, I'm very big, obviously, on education. And, um, and so those are some things I think when we support our families, then we're able to support um, the world a little bit better, right? Because they feel supported and they have resources to, um, to do well in their jobs and things like that. And so those are, those are a few things that I, I guess if, I, if I'm looking into a mirror ball, I don't know how we get there 100%, but I do think that they're worthy causes 
um, that could really shift our society for, for better. Wow. I'm just totally blown away by that answer. That's amazing. All of those things are huge. And um, yeah, they're, it's a lot of work, but um, I love that you know, you're already looking at such specific things and um, you definitely will have to let us know how sugar-free media can support you. We can talk about that afterwards though, but I want to help support those efforts. But so far, you know, in your work or in your personal life, what is your proudest moment? My proudest moment. So I would say my proudest moment is getting my doctor. And I say that uh, for a couple of reasons. One, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a first generation college student. So I'm the first person in my family to have a a terminal degree, right? A doctoral degree. And um, upon working on my doctorate, I got married (laughs) and I had a baby. I had my first son during my doctoral program. And so all of those pieces really like made me just a little bit more proud to be able to stand up, defend the dissertation. Um, And then at the end of my dissertation, I wrote, um, I honored different people, different women in different spaces. And so I honored, so uh, so my dissertation was on black women and student, black women student leaders at predominantly white institutions. And so I honored um, black women in media. So I honored, I'm a Beehive fan. So I honored Beyonce, I honored Solange. um, I honored Michelle Obama. She was the first lady at the time that I defended um, I honored my own mother. Um, I honored uh, um, Bell Hooks and Gloria Latz and Billingsworth scholars in the field. Um, and I honored uh, folks in media and in journalism. So I also honored um, Oprah Winfrey and um, um, Kimberly, I can't think of her last name, but she was the actually the 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 inspiration for for that piece of my dissertation. And then I honored myself, right? Because I don't think that we pat ourselves on the back enough. And, you know, I, I wrote it and I, and I worked very hard for it. Right. And so I'd say that all of the, everything just really came together. The days, the, the long nights, the up at night with the baby and the, um, you know, I had, I have a wonderful husband that really supported me when I needed to go to writing retreats and, you know, had my back and I'd never, you know, I just felt supported the entire time. And so, um, so yeah, so I, I took the time to really honor the people that, that really helped me, but also made sure that I patted myself on the back too, because um, it was a long time coming and I had a lot of obstacles. And so, um, you know, and it, you know, I'm here today to be able to, and then I try to give back at, at the same time of like, how do I support other folks that are interested in pursuing the doctorate? who may feel like the odds are against them. Um, but yeah, I'd say that that was my proudest moment because while it was professional in a sense, there were a lot of personal aspects that really um, helped me prove to myself, like, yes, you can do this. You can do hard things, right? Like you, you know, and so I would say that that is, um, yeah, that's my proudest moment. 100 Magazine is a publication featuring 100 wildly capable women in Oklahoma City. Buy the magazine to read all 100 interviews at 100mag.com. Wildly Capable Woman podcast is produced by Sugar Free Media. You can check out our daily news podcast, News Du Jour, for a calmer space to consume the news. 
Music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Please consider rating and reviewing this podcast if it meant something to you to help us reach other wildly capable women.